your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I apologize for not having a couple episodes on, on Monday and Tuesday. My voice has been pretty groggy this week. Um, I guess I've just been yelling a bunch of TV or just in general, but um, it's gone back to the point where it's mostly back, but still, um, it's not all the way back, but still, I wanted to do at least three episodes this week and then go back to doing everyday episodes for the next couple weeks and just until we're only allowed to do three episodes a week, which is when the offseason comes. But we have a lot to get to today with the Yuso Ricola stuff, Chris Letang, article that came out yesterday from Rob Rossi, and we're going to talk about the conference finals. But first, just want to say this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. So, like I said, in this first segment, let's just get into it. We're going to talk about Yuso Ricola. Um, my very first thoughts on this are that it was very, very surprising that they brought him back up. Two-year deal, the first one, I thought it would only be a one-year deal if they were going to bring him back, but it's a two-year deal. He's going to be making over a million per season for both those seasons. And then, I mean, I guess if you just really think about it, it's like, are we really going to pay him over a million um, per season on a two-year deal to just sit up in the press box the whole time? I really can't see that. I mean, I saw a couple of tweets on Penguin Twitter saying, you know, actions speak louder than words, which of course is a reference to Jim Rutherford basically talking of Jack Johnson like he's one of the greatest defensemen on the planet. So it, it, this, this signing is just very, very interesting. I'm really hoping now um, that he is going to continue his next stage of de- development. Jim Rutherford said as such that basically this is the next stage of his development going into next season. We really feel like he can take that next step. So if you feel like he can take that next step, then just play him. Play him every night. You really don't know what you have in this player. His possession numbers and his underlying numbers as a whole are actually pretty good his expected goals for his expected goals against his course percentage are really really good um i would recommend reading um danny shire irving from the pens blogs article last week about yuso rikla he went in really really in depth with his advanced stats over the last couple of seasons even though he hasn't had a lot of playing time and it was it was just a really 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 good article so um definitely would want you guys to check that out but i mean the time is now to play this kid i mean you can have a rikla whoever pairing on the third pairing without Jack Johnson, you can sign a third pairing defenseman to play on the right side, like Dylan DeMello, who I've really, really liked for a long time, and pair him with Yusso Rikla, and then you have Pedersen with Marino, Dumoulin with a Tang, and then your defense actually looks competent again. It actually looks like it's a good unit. So, I mean, it's just it's just time to really see what you have in this player. Uh, for I, I wouldn't have resigned if I were Yusso Rikula with the Penguins, considering that he has not had basically any playing time to show what he can do. He's been benched for a player. Well, he was benched for a player multiple times that was just really, really, really bad. So it's just it's just very, very interesting to me that he resigned. I, I wonder what Jim Rutherford's like selling point to him was while they were negotiating this contract. Yeah, you, I, could, I could imagine Jim being like, yeah, you know, I talked a lot about Jack Johnson in the media, but I'm going to dump his ass, and you're just going to get into the third pairing. I mean, that has to be it, right? I mean, like, what other selling point could Jim Rutherford have had for you, Sorikla? Oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to play, play you behind Jack Johnson again for 82 games, or you're going to get a half a season, we're going to bench Jack Johnson for 
half a season. It's just like I'm just like really, really wondering what Jim Rutherford pitched to him besides just maybe being like, yeah, we're going to dump Jack Johnson, even though I've talked him up like he's the second coming of Jesus. But still, it's very, very surprising. It's very, very good news that they brought Rico Lowe back. That's honestly been one of Jim Rutherford's best moves that he's made, I think, in the last couple calendar years, bringing back Rico Lowe, who can really move the puck, who's good in his defensive zone, and also, of course, has really, really good underlying numbers. Um, again, you know, I just said a couple of minutes ago what I'm really hoping for next season. Dumoulin with Latang, Patterson with Marino, and then Rico Lowe on the left side, and then going out and signing someone to play on that right side. I really, really don't want Chad Ruido to play 82 games there for the Penguins. And it's not that I don't trust him. I think he would do a better job than Justin Schultz did. I mean, we all know how bad Justin Schultz was these last couple of seasons and in this playoff run where it looked like he just didn't care. You know, we saw the rumors going around that it looked like he really didn't want to be in the bubble. But, I mean, I, I think Ruido, like I said, would be an upgrade over him. But I just, when you have a chance to upgrade that spot, you know, this, basically the Steelers just did this with their punting situation. I know it's kind of a weird comparison here, but... You know, the Steelers had kind of an average punter, maybe a little below average punter in Jordan Brady. And then when Dustin Colgate becomes available, they were like, oh, we're going to try him out and then we're going to cut this guy because we think he's better than him. So that's what I kind of want the Penguins to do with that third pairing, especially on the right side. You have Chad Ruido, who's like kind of an average third pairing guy, but when you have a chance to upgrade that spot and get someone like a Dylan DeMello or someone else that's on the free agent market that has a better track record than Chad Ruido, but you can still keep Ruido as your number eight guy to play on that uh, right side. You, you can do that. I think that's totally fine. You don't have to cut him. He signed for a couple more seasons. And, you know, it, the same thing should be the, with Jack Johnson. You know, he's below average. You have a guy now that's signed for two years for over a million that is better than him in basically anything he does. So just play him. Dump the other guy. I don't care what it takes. Just, you know, just go full Avengers Endgame and whatever it takes just to get rid of Jack Johnson and play you so Rikula all 82 games. We just, we really haven't gotten an extended look with this player for whatever reason. You know, he's been in Mike Sullivan's doghouse for a lot of Sullivan's tenure. You know, it's just, it's been very, very weird. But, you know, hopefully now we really, really can get a good long look at Yusurikla and just how good he could potentially be in a third pairing role for the Penguins. You know, we, we've seen it in flashes, you know, just with how good he is at moving the puck. I think he had that goal on that Danny Shari Irving of Peng, uh, Penn's blog put up on his Twitter, and this is basically late in the uh, second period, less than two minutes left, basically skates all around the Nashville defense, I'm just watching the clip right now just because it's so good, goes almost around the net and then just tucks it home um, past, I think that's Rene is in net there, but I mean, I mean that's just something that Jack Johnson just can't do, he, he can't even carry the puck in the offensive zone, he's just that bad offensively, so like I said, just really, really hoping we get more of use of Riklo, but I'm just very, very ecstatic that this signing happened and that Jim Rutherford was able to ink him. Again, one of Jim Rutherford's best moves that he has made um, in the last couple calendar years. But before we get to the Chris Letang talk for the day, and, you know, right as I'm recording this, Josh Yowie comes out with an article on The Athletic for what we know about the Penguins offseason plans. I'm also going to go through that during the next segment while also touching on the Chris Letang story from Rob Rossi, Rob, from Rob Rossi yesterday, excuse me. But before we get to that, it's time to talk about Bilt Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, Three of them are the cookies and cream, the caramel brownie, and the carrot cake. We still have the 12 original flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're also great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. My favorite flavor is still, one of the one of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond. You get 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. 
They've reset the promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. And this really wasn't something that I wanted to discuss this week on the podcast, but because Rob Rossi decided to write about Chris Letang, um, we're just going to have to talk about it. So um, basically... The piece was headlined in a way that it makes you think it was clickbait. In case you guys didn't see it, um, but in in summary, I'm not you know I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but I'll just I'll kind of summarize it a little bit. Um, Chris Letang is thinking he's going to get traded this offseason or the next offseason. Um, he's just kind of at a crossroads, I guess. But um, he's, there's been no indication that the Penguins are shopping him or that they are going to trade him. And, you know, Rob basically just spoke to a lot of people within the organization and they're, they're really st- still high on Chris Letang and it's just basically Jim Rutherford asking around the league to see what Chris Letang's value is. Um, I- I'm going to say this again. You trade Chris Letang, this franchise starts going into the void. This is not a player that you trade. I understand why Chris Letang would be upset and, or that a trade could be coming. He has, I think, two years left on his contract. He hasn't played as well as he would like lately, but still, he's the Penguins' number one freaking defenseman. We know John Marino is being groomed for that role, but he's not ready yet. I mean, you don't need Todd Reardon to save Chris Letang. I mean, some of these people that like to hate on Chris Letang all the time, it's just, it's utter nonsense. There's a lot of really good tweets that I'm going to get to um, for this segment. But, you know, I'm just going to start with this thought about Chris Letang. You know, when I'm talking to someone about this sport, and honestly, I would suggest you people have this idea too, especially with Penguins fans, one of the very first things you should ask a Penguins fan is what their thoughts are on Chris Letang. Because that, their answer will determine if they actually know what they're talking about with the sport of hockey. If anyone in this fan base or anyone around the league thinks Chris Letang sucks, he's not a number one defenseman, he's not good, stop talking hockey with those kind of people. It's just, there's no there's no point and talking hockey with those kind of people. They're wrong. It's not even it's a bad opinion. You're just flat out wrong because the data, the eye test, anything that tells you what a good player is would show that Chris Tang is just absolutely awesome. So do not do not talk to those people. And secondly, it's just so weird how like Penguins fans are just so low on Chris Letang, like other fan bases and national media are higher on Chris Letang than the actual Penguins fan base. And I'm still struggling as to why that is in my, I just, I really don't understand it. Is it because some Penguins fans don't watch a lot of other elite defensemen that also make similar bad plays at times like Chris Letang does? I mean, do you just not know the sport of hockey very well? It's just very, very puzzling to me. I'm getting to this um, tweet yesterday from Jason from Penguins Twitter, who is just an outstanding follow. Please follow him if you have not. J underscore A one five five. I'm just. I really have to scroll down here to find this tweet, but it's just. It's really worth it. Um, I mean, here it is. You know, this is honestly the best um, tweet about Chris Letang. He's not a perfect player. He's still great and absolutely a bargain. Mistakes he makes are often high leverage and high visibility, leading to some confirmation bias for the shitheads on the Latang suck train. They ignore the hundred high-level events that he's responsible for. And he's 100% right. I mean, in the article, Rob basically wrote, yeah, Chris Latang might not be a bargain anymore. I'm sorry. He puts up, what, 50 points when he's fully healthy? I mean, he's had 60-point season in the league. Hell, guys, he even has had, I think, a 70-point season in the league, I think it was Mike Sullivan's first year. He he finished fourth in the Norris voting and was basically a, a point per game player 
while Mike Sullivan was just starting out to be the Penguins coach, and he's making $7.25 million per season. If you go to Jay Fresh's account with his um model, his actual market value is over $11 million per season. How can you say that Chris Letang is not a bargain when he makes not even $7.5 million per season, hell, not even $8 million per season for a number one defenseman that does it all? He's great in his defensive zone and is an outstanding puck-moving defenseman. It makes absolutely no sense. That's just a horrific take. And I mean, you know, this this take may piss some people off, but, you know, outside of Paul Coffey, he's the best defenseman in this organization's history. Sorry, you know, I'll take him over Larry Murphy. I'll take him over Ulf Samuelson. I'll take him over Sergei Gonchar. I will take him over any defenseman that has played for this franchise other than Paul Coffey. I will stand by that statement until the day I die. I think he's that good. He is basically all the records for, for um, defensemen in this franchise's history. He has been that good. He's been so underappreciated by this fan base for so long. And it's just it's just very frustrating. And, you know, the fact that there's a chance that Jim Rutherford could potentially trade him over Jack Johnson is just nothing short of idiocy. But honestly, I did come away from that article thinking that they're really not going to trade him, especially with, you know, Todd Reardon coming back. Apparently, Latang was very, very happy that they brought Reardon back. And, of course, Latang had some of the best seasons of his career while Todd Reardon was the assistant coach from 2010 to 2014. So there's that. And it's just like, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this Chris Latang nonsense, man. Don't trade him. You send this franchise further into the void. We all know the team is going to suck in a few years anyway. You don't need to bring... Um, them sucking even just well before they're supposed to suck, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And what team trades their top 15 pick and a top prospect for Kasperi Kapanen in a win-now move and then goes ahead and trades Chris Letang for picks and prospects? That's not what a win-now team does, especially in the next couple of seasons. That would make absolutely no sense to me. So yeah, please, 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 please do not do that. And that's honestly... All my thoughts on this Crystal Tank situation. Um, Penguins fans, please stop undervaluing him and underappreciating him because, you know, when he retires and when he's not here anymore, you're going to miss him quite a bit, I, I will say. You're not going to know just how good you had it. So um, that's basically what I'll say about the Crystal Tank situation. So um, before we end this segment, let's just get to Josh Joey's article that just came out. Um, we're just going to skim through it on The Athletic. Um, again, he talks about the goaltenders. You know, they're committed to training one of them, but heavy indications are that Matt Murray will be the goaltender traded. We've seen some rumors that Buffalo is interested, potentially Calgary, Edmonton. Um, still unsure of when that move is going to be made. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would probably be by the draft, which I think was confirmed to be October 6th and October 7th. Um, yeah, he said Rutherford has a little interest in moving Tristan Jari. I mean, that's just that's the right call. You always will pay Um the cheaper option. Apparently, he also said Billy Guerin inquired about Jari before dealing Jason Zucker to the Penguins, where Rutherford was not going to part with Jari in that deal. Also talked about with Chris Letang. He said he's at a crossroads in his career. Um, a source around the NHL have told me they've discussed Letang's value with Rutherford, but this is not uncommon, and then there's no indication that the Penguins are actively shopping him. Members of the Penguins front office spoke with Letang before the Todd Reardon was hired and to confirm that he was on board with the decision. I mean, Rutherford even had a statement that saying you're going to see a better version of Chris Letang with Todd coaching the defense. So, I mean, yeah, they're not going to trade Chris Letang, people. I know Rob just had that piece come out and we just talked about it. But, yeah, that's just probably, probably not going to happen. Um, also talk about Jared McCann. McCann is the penguin, a player the Penguins are willing to move. They like McCann, but they have soured on his ability to be their number three center moving forward. Again, I disagree with that. you got to give him two competent line mates and see what he can do. He's been... His underlying numbers when he's next to competent line mates, I, I thought... When he was next to Simone and Hornquist, he was pretty good. But, you know, when Marlowe came in and then Hornquist kind of um, soured a bit after his rejuvenated season. 
just wasn't as good as he was during the regular season. Um, just give McCann another year. I know he's probably going to ask for $3.5 million per season for at least a few seasons, but I mean, you can probably bridge him. But yeah, just please keep Jerry McCann. I don't want really to understand why they're trying to move him. Also, it sounds like the Penguins like to move Nick Dugstad because of his $4.1 million salary cap hit. His name is mentioned in conversations between Rutherford and other general managers the past couple of weeks. Again, that's nothing surprising. He makes $4.1 million against the cap, as Josh Hill we just wrote. He hasn't been healthy for basically his entire Penguins tenure. It would not be surprising if he was moved. So, yeah, I would expect him to be moved in any kind of deal. Maybe you get him... Um, in a move with Matt Murray or maybe in a move with Jack Johnson if a team really wants Nick Bukestad you can maybe ask hey should you take Jack Jack Johnson along with him and maybe just flip him um, and get some salary cap space in return but I think that's basically it um, for this article I'm not really going to go into all that I want you guys to read and also subscribe to the athletic I don't want to just spoil the entire thing for you all but that will basically do it for this segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast I'm coming up after this little short break we're going to go into the conference final matchups and just touch on you know, what my picks are, I know I tweeted them out a couple days ago, but just, you know, really touch up on just how these series have gone so far and what to expect moving forward. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So let's just talk about the conference finals. Um, yeah, so the Islanders, they got blown to shit the other night, 8-2. to two. I mean, I remember I actually went to bed after that second period. That was honestly the earliest I had ever gone to bed in probably five years. I am... A massive night out. I basically stay up till midnight, 12.30, basically every single night. I'm just, I like that. I also really, really enjoy sleeping in. But lately, I've just been getting up early. But still, I mean, I am a big night owl. But I was just so tired that night just because I think I drove eight hours to uh, see one of my best friends who moved. So, um, yeah, that'll do. But, I mean, just watching that game, it's just, yeah, New York. The, the Tampa Bay is not the Capitals, and they're not the Flyers. Tampa Bay is going to play a much different game. They are deeper at every position just way deeper than the Capitals and the Flyers are. Um, I would expect the Islanders, though, to come out playing much better tonight, I would say. But um, I do think the Lightning are going to win this series. I picked them in six games. It wouldn't surprise me if it's in five games. But I do think the Islanders are going to win a couple games in this series. They're just too good not to take at least two games from the Lightning. But I'm still going to take Tampa in six games to go to the Stanley Cup Final. Um, Also, which goaltender are they going to start tonight? That is a very, very big question. Um, I'm going to guess they go back to Varlamov. Thomas Grice just did not look comfortable against the Lightning in that first period, of course, was pulled after allowing three goals in that first period. Uh, Varlamov then allowed five goals. So, I mean, yeah, this is not an easy decision for Barry Trotz. I mean, they, they both really, they both stunk it up, I thought, pretty, pretty bad in game one. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprised if it went back to Grice, but it also would not be surprising if he did go back to Varlamov um, and maybe have Grice available for another game. In this series, and then the Western Conference Final, we saw peak Dallas Stars hockey in Game One. They they won one nothing off of a shutout from Anton Kundobin. Those were not the run and gun stars that we saw from the first two rounds. That was the stars that we saw from the regular season. The Stars team that just likes to trap things down and play a very defensively minded game. They got away from that in the first two rounds, which I think a lot of people like because a lot of people like um, high scoring games and just the run and gun stars of the past. But still, when they want to trap it down and they want to be very, very good defensively. They can do just that, and they stifled Vegas pretty good. But um, last night, Vegas was able to tie up the series, tie it up 1-1. I'm still picking Vegas in seven games in this series. Um, I said it from the start. Uh, Dallas is going to give them a hell of a fight. This is the best team that Vegas will have faced so far in these playoffs. But 
I just don't see Dallas beating Vegas four out of seven times. I know Kudobin's been really, really good. I know Dallas is really, really good defensively, but it looks like the floodgates are finally starting to open now for Vegas, and that could be a very big problem. Robin Leonard had a shutout in game two. I think that's his fourth shutout of these playoffs, at least his fourth shutout. I, I think he maybe have one more, but still, you know, that's why you start Robin Leonard. And of course, there were the talks today on The Athletic that Vegas is trying to sign a new extension. You know, Flurry stands, hate to see that. Looks like Marc-Andre Fleury could potentially be on his way out if Robin Leonard does sign an extension. But you know what? This is why you play Robin Leonard when he is playing really, really, really good. There's just no need to go back to Marc-Andre Fleury. I know he started in Game 1 and that um, loss was not his fault. And I guess it was probably because Robin Leonard would have played three games in four nights. But, you know, when you go back to Leonard, especially after losing a game and he gets a shutout, you really don't need to go back to Fleury again. He's Honestly, I really don't see Fleury playing another game in these playoffs unless Leonard just gets hurt, I guess. So, um, yeah, Tampa in six, Vegas in seven. We're going to get a Tampa-Vegas final. And um, I'm still not – I'm going to probably pick Tampa in that series if it does happen, but um, I kind of want to see how Vegas does against the Stars before I really, really um, just bring it home with my Tampa Bay pick. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Again, folks, I'm so sorry I did not have a couple episodes early on this week. I have just been – my voice has just been killing me. But I'm glad it's just getting better now, and it should be getting better as this week. We should be getting into this weekend, to be honest, and, of course, into next week. So, like I said, that'll do it for this episode. I'll be back tomorrow and Friday for more episodes of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So, I'll talk to you all then. Have a great day.